Hello and welcome to the Slow Home Podcast. This is the podcast all about slow living in a fast-paced world. My name's Brooke McCallery. My name's Ben McCallery. Welcome to episode 255, where we continue our mindful moments of September. Sounds very l- lyrical, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> Sounds like a... yeah. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> so last week we spoke about, first of all, why we decided to make this our September experiment in short, because we are in a very intense, full period of life, finishing out the book tour, which has Mm -hmm. been going since the end of June. And we became pretty aware, I think, in maybe late July, early August, of the fact that it was going to be necessary for us to continue mindfulness practices, but also very necessary for us to really bring that back down to something much more manageable. And it's been interesting meeting a lot of people on the book tour who talk about the fact that they want to be mindful, they want to slow down, they want the benefits of it, but they genuinely feel that they don't have time. Mm. So to me, this seemed like the perfect experiment for September. It is. It's definitely the, it's, it feels right for us. Right it does. Because it, it we're getting a lot of questions actually on, are you keeping up with your yoga yes. and your meditation and your pages and all the rest of it? So, and Honestly, the answer is no. No, yeah. we're not. So this, this, uh, these four weeks are the four things that we are still practicing, and they're the most simplest things, most stripped-backed things regarding mindfulness that we're still practicing. Exactly. And just to be clear, I'm not doing all of these every day. Correct. Yeah, yeah. it's one. Yeah. That's you all don't this- need. You actually don't need because there's actually a lot of overlap. Exactly. So the experiment really is about trialing different strategies throughout the month that allow us to gain benefit from mindfulness without having to give an hour to it every day. Yeah. That's all. That's all we're doing. And we're just committing to doing something mindful every day. All right. So let's get into it. This week, we're going to talk about Um, mindful attention observation. So mindful observation. Now, this is something that you've spoken about and you've written about in your book. And I've always loved how you express it. And I remember the first time you actually started to do it because you were putting, you were hanging clothes on the clothesline and it had rained or something. And you noticed the little droplets of rain hanging on the clothesline. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I was like, wow, you are noticing the smallest things. And that's what this week's all about, isn't it? It Basically, yeah. It's just choosing to make our mindfulness practice uh, the act of diving deep into one detail Mm. and the act of noticing. Like I said last week, mindfulness essentially is just paying attention. That's all it is. And this week we're taking that really granular and saying, okay, what's one tiny detail that you can sit in study of for yep. a minute, two minutes, three minutes. You know, it doesn't have to be long. Does it have to be tiny though? It can be whatever you want it to. Okay. It's really just, I mean, Sabelle Masterman. Um, friend she, of the show. Friend of the show. She once told me, she described it as sort of look around you right now mm. and just hone in on a detail you've never noticed before. Mm. And just look at it. 
just study it just look at the way the light is shining through that blind over there and how it makes a triangular pattern yeah you know yeah and she said that right there is mindfulness yeah and that was the that for me that was the turning point that was just the recognition that it really can be that simple mm. so i mean if that works for you do that and how long do you do you recommend people notice it like how, how in depth do you need to go to yeah, benefit I mean, from it well i mean that's difficult to gauge yeah but for me it's as little as one or two minutes yeah okay so the other example that i have of this practice is a body scan now yes. i was first introduced to this by my psychiatrist back in 2011 mm -hmm. and it was the first time i think i didn't know this is what i was doing but it was the first time i had ever practiced mindfulness and she said just sit down mm -hmm. for three minutes and you sit on a chair and you have your feet resting on the floor and you relax yourself but sort of sit upright and she said and then you just move through each of your senses one right. by one so first of all for 30 seconds what can i see and go as granular as you can. Mm. I mean, I can not only see the cushion on this bed that I'm sitting on, but it has small diamond patterns on it. And those patterns are sewn in with a grey thread. You know, and go as deep into that as possible. And then move on to what can I smell? Mm. Same thing. Mm -hmm. Don't just go surface level. Take the opportunity to dive a little bit deeper and get beyond autopilot. Yeah. Five senses, 30 seconds each. I could not believe the difference that one single body scan technique made to my day. And this is when I was at the peak of my overwhelm and you were working enormous hours. Our weeks were so hectic. I had a newborn. We had a two, not even two year old. And I was really struggling with my depression. I mean, that was probably the worst of it. And that one technique was enough to show me the difference it can make when we just pay attention. And it was really interesting because I feel like the way I lived back then was I was all up in my head, hmm. but not, not in a good way. Hmm. Hmm. You know, I was living constantly in anxiety or resentment or bitterness or fear, which is kind of looking at the past that we cannot change or looking towards the future and worrying about it. Yeah. That's what I did. I spent no time in the present, no time on the moment that I was living. And that technique that Lana gave me pulled me into the present. I had no choice but to be paying attention to the present. Mm -hmm. And it was a revelation. So that is another way of doing it. I mean, if you don't feel like you can sit in awe of a detail or a specific thing for two or three minutes, then it's do just a body another, scan. It's, it's just another, another tool. Another tool. For me, the tool that I use and the, the phrase that I use for this is single tasking. Mm -hmm. Because I always grew up you know, in, in the early stages of my career, the amount of times I saw multitasking on a on a job application was incredible. But it was the tool of, of efficiency, wasn't it? Wasn't it? It was just like, yeah, being able to juggle multiple tasks to demanding deadlines, you know, yeah. stuff like that. And multitasking was seen as the, the most efficient way of doing business. Mm -hmm. And studies have been released that really, that, prove it absolutely unequivocally wrong that the opposite is in in fact true where it's quality over quantity mm -hmm. and it makes a lot of sense it makes a lot of sense so the what really helps me is jotting down making a list of things that i need to do 
And you just focus on that one thing. Until it's done? Well, until there's an end to it. Because I won't say it's done, because sometimes it could be like a massive project. Sure, you're just, okay. You're just carving off one single thing to but do. But you've nominated a task from yeah, that project. Yeah, just one task. Yeah. And do that task. And if you need to, set yourself a time. Mm-hmm. But don't let anything interfere with that time. Right. So you will turn off email. You will put your phone away. You whatever will just focus it, whatever on Whatever it takes, I will do this task and I will you know, make sure that I'm single, narrow-minded, We'll finish it. Right. Because yeah. I think that's that's a really interesting way to approach this. If people are saying, that's great, but I'm, you know, I'm working on a huge project. Yeah. I'm really stressed at work. I, I, I need to be as practical as possible exactly. with it all. So I wonder what the benefits to that approach is in addition to, you know, being better at our jobs or having quite a higher quality output. Mm. I wonder if the benefit of single tasking in a work-related task is the same as single tasking as a mindfulness exercise. No, it's interesting because I think as humans, we are, we're made to do one thing at one time. Yeah. Like, I feel like multitasking is for computers. Like, right. that's what they do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think multitasking is a myth right yeah, up there. Because with... it's, it's impossible to write an email, make dinner, da-da-da, like... It's actually impossible to do that. Yeah. And people try and make it possible by, you know, all these tools to enable us to be more like efficient and all the rest of it. But it is actually an impossible task for a human to do more than one thing. Right. And do it well. That's the point, And do it well. Mm. I know that if I'm trying to play with the kids and cook dinner mm. and think about an email that I need to write and think about the project that I'm working on, of those four things none of them will get done well. Exactly. I'll be distracted and the kids can tell and I'll be kind of phoning it in. I may or may not burn dinner. Yeah. You know? And so the takes, email doesn't actually get written in that period of time. Exactly, because it takes longer because you're not concentrating exactly. enough. You're dividing your attention. Yeah. So the counterproductive way of multitasking is massive. Yeah. You just have to like think about it, like really think about it. You realise that it's really, really harmful. So I like that your suggestion of single tasking in a work environment, really getting very specific and particular about your energy and your yeah. outputs. Because this, this experiment particularly is for those periods in life or for those people who are trying to adopt mindfulness but genuinely struggling to find the time. You're saying that you can find mindfulness in work yes. as well. Yeah. So, you know, you get in, you know you've got to do these five big things in a day. Right, and so what you probably do is you'd you'd look at one and look at that, hit a barrier, mm. and then go on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. And then by the end of the day, you're like, oh my god, I haven't finished any of them. Right. <laughs> so it, it's all a matter of what I do is create a list in notes in on, on your phone on my phone or my my computer, mm-hmm. and I note those five things down, and I will eat the frog, which means I will do try and do the toughest one first. Yep. And I will set a time for that. If it's the toughest one, I might give it, you know, a longer period of time to be, to be able to do it. But that is all I will focus on, closing mm-hmm. emails. And this change, I think this changed how I went about my day. Mm-hmm. And it changed it dramatically because I had to say no to a lot of things. And right. It goes back to another lesson about, you know, the power of saying no. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, it did honestly change my the way that I worked for the better. 
you've done a lot of research on the actual benefits, like the the scientific benefits yeah. of noticing the small things. Yeah, of, of mindfulness. Of mindfulness. So first of all, I direct people to go back and listen to my episode, my interview with Elise Bailieu, who is the founder of Mindful in May. She goes really deep into the benefits of mindfulness to our mental health, to our physical health, to our emotional well-being, and also gives some practical insight into how little that that time needs to be in order to have a benefit to those areas. Uh, but also, in addition, I've, do, I've done some reading about it, and even a brief daily mindfulness practice mm-hmm. for as little as a week. So you, if you can commit to seven days of mindfulness practice for, let's say, two to five minutes yeah. a day, that's it. Mm-hmm. They... Have, scientists have discovered that there are significant improvements in our attention, in our energy, and in our ability to cope with stress, which is very timely given why we're doing this experiment. Yeah. And this is not just a subjective thing. This is not just based on questionnaires. There's no, there's no kind of bias here for people who have already decided that mindfulness is a great tool. Mm-hmm. This has shown, been shown through a decrease in cortisol and an improvement in immune system functioning from as little as a week of meditation or sorry of mindfulness not necessarily meditation mm. uh, but also they the participants in this particular study showed improved uh, processing working memory and executive functioning so <laughs> the interesting thing is you may be adopting this mindfulness practice because you're in a period of stress yeah Uh, And that's great to relieve you from that stress, but it's also giving you the ability and the improvements in your mental well-being to actually cope with stress better. Mm -hmm. So not only do you feel less stressed, but you're able to deal with the stress that comes. It's 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 really a no-brainer. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. So and and then of course the longer term that you practice, the deeper and broader and (laughs) more beneficial those benefits are. Mm. So you mentioned. Cortisol mm-hmm. as one of the negative impacts of yeah, uh, like a higher level of cortisol, which is related to stress. stress it's a hormone yeah. related to stress. Yeah. So cortisol, interesting, because I did some research. One of the big indicators that you've got too much cortisol is memory loss. Really? Because cortisol floods the memory part of your brain mm-hmm. and clouds it. So when you are and which makes sense, right? So when you're under stress, you like you forget stuff. Yeah. So it's a great way of checking in with yourself. If you're forgetting things, it's maybe perhaps you're you're doing too much multitasking. Right. You're not focusing on the one thing, mm. not being mindful enough on the one. If you're feeling scattered, if you're feeling yeah, you know that we're more frantic. Done, you know, uh, of course. Yeah, like, scattered. You're easily forgetting things. Yeah. And then you get halfway to work and you're like, did I turn off the iron? All that stuff. Yeah, did I lock yeah. the door? Where's yeah. my phone? Yeah, that's cortisol. Right. So, it, look, I think it's, it's really interesting and I'd love to hear from people who are playing along with the experiment this month uh, whether or not you feel any kind of immediate relief from these mindfulness practices, whether that is single tasking mm. at yeah. work, whether that is diving deep into one detail for two minutes a day or whether it's a body scan Mm. or whether it's, I mean, look, you can, you can do it in any way that you want, but 
it could be sketching a detail. It could be taking a photo, you know, it could be staring at a photo, like a macro photo of something really beautiful for two minutes. Mm. But do you feel any relief mm. in the immediate after moments of that practice? Or do you feel any relief after a week? You know, do you think that you've got a little bit less of that scattered sort of feeling of, yeah. of being over overrun by multitasking? Do you feel like you're able to slightly better deal with stress? Are you slightly less reactive? I know for me, over this past couple of months, as I've really trimmed down my mindfulness practices, but really committed to keeping something every day, I've been surprised by how well I've coped with what could otherwise have been a disastrously stressful time for me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm well out of my comfort zone yeah. on this book tour. Uh, and there are so many big moving parts. You know, we've got your work, we've got the kids schooling, we've got my work, we've got travel uh, and we've got like kind of some semblance of happiness to keep yeah. sort of elevating for us. So there's sort of five or six really big things in motion in our life at the moment in amidst a lot of uncertainty, a lot of moving. And knowing myself, that could have been catastrophic for my mental health. And I could have been like I was six or seven years ago, mm. you know, really reactive, mm. yelling and snapping mm. at the, the smallest kind of hiccup. Mm. And I don't feel like I've done that at all, which is <laughs> wonderful, obviously. But I think it's also do you put got the, to is that do the benefit. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell us what when just taking for example where we are at the moment, when do you do this? When it, is there a time of day you do it? And are you doing the body scans? Tell us what, what it you're, looks like. Yeah, for you right now. Usually in the morning because I'm almost always the first person awake, mm-hmm. uh, and I sometimes get two minutes to myself before someone else wakes up. Sometimes I get two hours. Mm. And that is usually when I will either meditate and that's usually, again, for 10 minutes. That's kind of one of my standing tools that I go to if I can. Um, But even if our son's usually the one who wakes up next and he will sit with me, he will play with Lego, he will talk to me, whatever. But there's been mornings where he's been sitting on my lap and I have just spent two or three minutes looking at the curve of his eyelashes on his cheek. Mm-hmm. That's it. Wow. You know, it's that simple. Mm-hmm. He's happy because I'm hugging him. And instead of me getting tense like I used to, I'm not getting my time to myself. This is my time. This is where I want to do yoga. This is where I want to meditate. This is where I journal. I just let go of all that and find a detail. Mm. And you're it's still enough. getting the benefits, right? Yeah. Well, you are. I mean, yeah. the science is there to prove yeah. it. A brief mindfulness practice Mm. Mm. has benefits to our brains and has benefits to our well-being so usually that's what it looks like there are mornings where i sleep in and i get up and everyone gets up at the same time particularly if we've been in a hotel or something like that uh, and it doesn't happen in the morning so it will it might be when we're driving Mm. and you're sitting next to me you wouldn't even know i'm doing it Mm. i'm looking out the window at the way the light is coming through the trees as we drive along the highway Mm. or oh i'm doing the same right I shouldn't be driving. Can you not drive it? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know, or any detail. Mm. So that's that's as simple as it can be, really. Mm. I mean, body scans are something that I will often tap into in a quiet moment 
if I'm outside, specifically. I always, Why outside? Oh, I just mm. feel like it, it's more fitting for me yeah. outside. Like I love breathing in fresh air rather than air-conditioned air when I'm doing it. Yeah. Feeling the sun or the wind or the, the smell or listening to the breeze, whatever you, it may You mentioned be. last week that you do blind breath just before you give a talk. Yes. Do you body scan as well? Does that Sometimes. help? Sometimes. Yeah. yeah, anything to get me into the present moment before I talk because I do mm. get, I, I, mean, I think I'm getting better every time, but I do still battle with nerves. Yeah. And those nerves are typically me just getting up in my head thinking about how things will go wrong or mm. how people aren't going to like what I have to say or whatever. Whatever anxiety-induced thoughts I have, I try and just bring myself back to the present. Lion's breath helps a lot with that. But there have been times where I've wandered around a bookstore before an event just breathing in the smell of books or, you know. Yeah, so that's lovely. And also, sometimes before we record a podcast, yes. you would often say, oh, I'm all, my voice is all up in my throat. Yes. You know that? So that's like you're restricting your vocal cords. Yeah. Just a simple body scan relaxes that and relax and opens up your diaphragm mm-hmm. and relax your chest cavity. And exactly. So it, like the, it's so quick. Like I just did it then and I feel yeah. more relaxed. So the other thing that I will do before a talk is mm. to stretch my chest. So put my hands behind my back and kind of clasp my hands together and yeah. just stretch that out. And that's another that, that's just born of awareness. So that's me knowing mm. that if I get nervous, I breathe and talk out of the top of my chest yeah. rather than relaxing. And, Into and, your diaphragm. Exactly. Yeah. So I think really, I mean, we kind of covered a lot of varied pieces of ground in that but Mm. the thing that ties it all together is attention yeah that's what we would love to focus on this week that's what we would encourage you to focus on this week finding two to five minutes every day for attention Mm. in the moment and letting us know what if anything you discover as a result of that if you feel any benefits if you feel anything unexpected and let us know how you feel as well after last week's episode on breath. Do you know the bizarre thing? I just want to go circle back to uh, my work and mm. how, you know, you're always called to multitask and juggle and all that sort of stuff. But in the end, it's so funny because at the end of the day, um, particularly when I'm working on a project and you talk to a manager or you talk to the CEO and they say, what is the single most important thing I need to know? Right. You know, and I develop this thing of the single source of truth. This is all we need to know. And it's so funny. You might be doing all this stuff, but at the end of the day, it's only this one single thing that you need to really focus on. Right. Oh, I just thought that was well, I mean, cute it ties in. tie in, really, at the end of the day. That's all that matters. Well, that's, yeah, we could go on a complete tangent, completely different tangent mm. then, but that sounds like that's a CEO who understands the value of simplicity. Oh, in their work because their time is important. Correct. And And there's only a certain amount of time in a day. It's finite. Exactly. So instead of saying, okay, I want to be across everything, it's not actually possible. Yeah. (laughs) And that's also not their job. Yeah. They just want to know the important thing, the The, priority. The the single source. What is the thing? You know, when you used to tease me about the bumper sticker message? Yes. That's what that is. Right. Yeah. And I get it. I do get it. So you were actually teasing me about my own mindful practices. I'm a horrible person. Thanks for that. Yeah. I'm sorry. (laughs) All right. So hashtag slow experiment. Yep. Have a mindful week. And uh, we'll see you next week. We will. 
Who is that? Hi, Pass. And I will eat the frog, which means I will do try and do the toughest one first. Yeah. And I will set a time for that. If it's the toughest one, I might give it, you know, a longer period of time to be, to be able to do it. But that is all I will focus on, closing mm -hmm. emails. Whoa. Whoa. And be a frog. And then you, you literally ate the frog because it just... It did. It came out of your throat. I just ate... Oh, <laughs> oh my god, there you he did. is again. You ate two frogs today. How disgusting. <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta practice what you preach, bro. I'm a vegetarian. No thank you. 